Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Kind of pulls a Cousins, one time to rebound. that is now out there. Will Jeff Skinner be a part of it? He left practice, went for some imaging today. The image of Marty Baran is on your screen and on your airwaves as usual. Hi, Marty. How are you? I'm a little jealous, Duffer. I won't lie to you. I look at you being down in the... Jealousy is a sin. Huh? (laughs) Jealousy is a sin? You know what is a sin? You being right a step away from Emily Arena in uh tampa bay right now already mm. a few days ahead of our road crew party wednesday night so uh i feel like a step below <laughs> just just saying oh based on my physical location of the ground right now but anything for a good scenic oh. you know what i have done the uh probably the best like middle of nowhere green screen uh situation that's true this is real baby this, in the this middle is of no nowhere green years screen. ago didn't yeah. Dreger during a lockout do a hit from like an ATM vestibule somewhere in like the middle of Canada? Like I'm 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 pretty sure that that was a thing. Like yeah, from, you I know, maybe, like a banking. The best uh, Dreger thing was always Dreger face, right? Which like right. just hashtag Dreger face was fantastic back in the uh, in the 2012-13 lockout, I believe, because uh, it was right around Christmas before the season started again. Okay, so. Saber, takeaway, concern, whatever it is that is on your mind to lead off on this Monday here on Sabres Live. Sabres takeaway for me is they uh, they played really well. I'm going to say this against a really good team in the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, Carolina was had played the night before and traveled, and, you know, it's a back-to-back for them. So did they have the legs? Um, to, uh, you know, a hundred percent, maybe not, but I'm not going to make excuses on Carolina. I thought Carolina had a good game too. They had some great looks. They really, um, you know, pushed, uh, in and around Uko Pekalukanen. Lukanen was fantastic again. So here's the biggest takeaway that I have. And Don Granato addressed it in the post game, talked about the Paterka line, right? Obviously, uh, Paterka line, the Krebs, Paterka and Benson line, because, you know, let's call it the Krebs line. He's in the middle. 
Um, Krebs made the play to Owen Power to put it back to 2-2 late in the third and you know, obviously get them to overtime, win it in a shootout. But not just that play. I thought that whole line had a lot of um, puck pursuit, a lot of jump in the offensive zone, and that's what you want. Like That creates energy, not just for your line, but for all the other lines. They're sitting on the bench, and they're looking. They're like, man, great shift by the Krebs line. Great shift. Way to get to pucks. Way to forecheck. Way to make little plays. And I thought they were really good. There was even a play where Benson could have shot it. He was on his back end in the slot. He didn't. He, he tried to look for another play. But they they were in and around the net. And I thought they were really good together, which gave Buffalo a chance to go and win in the shootout. And the shootout has been a very uncommon scene for them this year, having only had one back in December against Montreal. Um the takeaway again is Lucan in, and the takeaway continues to be Lucan in. He's now climbing the ranks and uh, tied for fifth in goals against in the in the league. And you know that was his best shootout uh, to date, as far as I can recall, in the NHL. Yeah. And um, you know, I just I, I'm impressed. I mean, I guess we have to ask the question. You know, does he play all the games leading up to what Winnipeg, the second of back to back this weekend? Um, yeah, I think so. I think well. You're going into Florida uh, tomorrow, and yes, he definitely plays that one, and I think you're definitely playing Tampa. I think you go back to the home-and-home Saturday, Sunday, next weekend, and it's not home-and-home, back-to-back at home, I should say, and you make a decision. Does he play the Vegas game and sit the Winnipeg game? Do you play him against Winnipeg, sit Vegas? I think you're going to sit him one of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he plays every game this week until the weekend. And then you decide which one, um, you want and, and be honest with you, I think, and this is just me. I think that would be like a, a Devin Levi call up type game, right? Like, okay. Like he's playing well in Rochester. Let's get him in for a week because they have back to back Vegas, Winnipeg, and then back to back Toronto and Nashville. Let's get him in for a week, get him two games, and then you can send him back down to Rochester and continue his development and his progression down there. Yeah, the Nashville game would be the day before the trade deadline, too. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, just timing wise, whatever, for whatever that's worth it. Because then you have to do the paper transaction. Levi yeah, will but it's be only a paper transaction, so it really doesn't matter. So <laughs> that's why I stopped halfway when I blurted it out because it's like, it really, none of this is meaningful. So, sorry, tough way to start. But it, the no, week, but, but it yeah. is. Listen, I tell you, the hockey people and hockey fans are looking at that date saying, hey, that's the day before the trade deadline. You know, mm-hmm. there's a trade deadline on Friday, March the 8th, and they're going to look for what paper transactions are being done around the NHL to see who's eligible for AHL playoffs or not. And here in Buffalo, we're going to look for that. You would assume then that he will be there for the AHL playoffs. Yeah, I would assume that too. Um, I, I, I look, I think he's been really good in Rochester and as, as had this, this, um, you know, energy and this, this compete and this, uh, work ethic. And I, and that's great. It's great to see that, you know, despite the step back thinking, ah, I wanted to be in the NHL all year. I'm not, but he's taking it in strides and really having results and, and has responded well. And in the same token, like we're going back to the Sabres here, 
Lukanen has stepped up to the challenge incredibly well since they decided, okay, we're going to have Levi go to Rochester and we're going to give the bulk of the games to Lukanen and see where he's at. He has been absolutely fantastic in that, in big moments, in big game. Now, the win-loss record has not always shown that, but when you're looking at the numbers, goals against average, save percentage, goals save above expectation, all of it, the impact that Lukanen has had right now, I would say he's been the MVP since Christmas for the Buffalo Sabres. Well, you don't need to say Christmas. You would say the whole season now. Yeah, yeah. right now there's enough of a, okay, this has been yeah, that's like, why oh, I keep stressing where he is in the league ranks and goals against. That's not from December. That's the entire season now that he's tied for fifth in the league. That's the whole point here is, you know, like it, it – we don't we don't need to be picking sample sizes for him anymore. He's played way more than John Quick. So my opinion, I mean, it's probably obviously like, you know, from the thousands of percentage points here. But, yeah. um, you know, he, he really is fifth. And you're seeing like another good week. And we're talking about him maybe cracking into the top three. So um, it. But again, it's it's also worth noting, and I totally agree with you, Duffer, the fact that now we have to look at the whole season and the numbers that are showing for the whole season have been really good. But it, what, what also happened early in the season, he didn't start, right? Levi started, and then there was three goalies, and then you, get, you don't get into a rhythm. What has been the difference and why I say looking at mid-December on or the holiday season on is because that's when it was, hey, two goalies, you play, this is your role. He's number mm -hmm. one in the league in all of those goals against average, safe percentage, everything. He's number one in the league mm -hmm. since Christmas right now. That also is very significant. And that's the reason why he's, you know, fifth tied with Jonathan Quick right now for goals against average for the season because of the impact that he's had in the last two months. And two months is not a small sample. Two months is a long sample, especially with the amount of games that he's played with, mm -hmm. you know, in, in that role right now. Uh, you know, he's played 17 games in the last two months. That is also a high rate. Like there's, you know, Georgiev has played 21. Vasilevsky's played 21. That's fine. But he's played 17. That's legitimate number one um, minutes and games that he's played. So how many more is he going to play for the rest of the season? Mm -hmm. What do we have? What did the Sabres have left? 20... Come on, man. 24. Huh? 24. I, you know Between why? Between you because... and producer Jeff, you guys can't keep it together as far as numbers and remaining. I'll games tell you why it gets me all messed up because last night when I write my sheet, I say this is game number 58, and then I put next to it 25 games left. It's 25 games left leading into the game, but then my brain thinks it's still the 25 I wrote down, which would add up to 83. It doesn't make sense. I'm going to make an adjustment on that. Out of 24, he probably plays 18 to 20. Yeah, I would think 20, but yeah, right? Yeah. And I think it also depends. Look, where are they down the stretch? Right. And, you know, do you want to just play them every single game? And there may be, look, if they get on a roll here, you win, you know, four this week. You mm -hmm. beat Florida, Tampa, Vegas, Winnipeg, which would be incredible. You mm -hmm. win four this week somehow. You're like, hey, we got to play Lucanen. We got to get him going. We got to keep him going. We got to play him. Like these games are huge. So maybe it's more. But I think 18 to 20 is where I see the number at. Well, it's almost like you don't need to talk about Lukanen 
<laughs> right? Because we do it a lot and the numbers speak for themselves and he's earned he's earned the reprieve, I think, of not being lumped in with the reality of where they're at, which it's the same as when I was, you know, being incredibly optimistic last week, but it's also yeah. a harsh reality. Like they didn't they just won four out of five and three in a row for the first time this season, yet they didn't gain any ground. But no. they still hold the exact games in hand, and they still have the two head-to-head. So, you know, they definitely didn't lose ground. But Tampa, after a, um, well, let's just say a bad week, yep. rebounded the right way with, with two very, very, very strong wins over the weekend. So what will they do in between, you know, Buffalo and Tampa playing on Thursday? We'll wait and see. The Sabres have to figure out how to beat Florida, which has been a daunting task as well. And the Panthers, you know, should we be talking about Sam Reinhardt still stuck on 39? <laughs> Is I, he I, waiting I, for – he's obviously waiting for Buffalo once again. He had an opportunity against the Sabres last time, and he passed it off to Verhege for the empty net. And now, yeah, I'm sure that he's yeah. looking at – just like Matthews getting his 50th goal in Arizona. I'm sure he had circled that, right? That's big for him, and that op opportunity was huge. I'm sure Reinhardt is saying, be great to get 40 against the Sabres, but here's the thing. Matthews did not circle anything. It was just a coincidence. He well, happened no. to be there. I'm like, saying he circled it the day before, saying, I'm getting it done that day, right? First and of I, all, who circles the date? And going back to our missed, uh, you know, misrepresented phrases, I heard somebody say, circle the calendar the other day, and I'm like, you're circling the date, not the entirety of the calendar. But we were we have this running joke, right? This this whole I've thing. I've circled the calendar many we, times. I've circled you, the calendar. The, the year, like that year, is going to be a good year. <laughs> no, but look. Um, it, so, what the Sabers need to do, in my opinion, this week? Let's just look at Florida Tampa. Well, is yeah. is is exactly the way that they played against Carolina. They were like Tage Thompson was skating. Tage had a, a jump in his in his uh, in his approach, right? He got the puck, he drove it to the net. Uh, in overtime, he tries to go to the back end, you know. And Spencer Martin got the poke check on him. Like he had a couple other opportunities where I thought, oh, I, I'm sure Tage is going to look at the tape and say, I could have made a different play on some of those or, uh, uh, chances. But the reason why he got the chances is because he had a step. He did have a little bit more quickness in his stride through the neutral zone, a little bit more of an attacking, menta attacking mentality in and around the net. Now, there was two or three occasions where I thought he could have taken it a step further, and he didn't. Just fine. That's the progression. But I thought seeing Tage doing what he did, seeing the Krebs line doing what they did, like that's a step in the right direction. And, and you're going to need all of that against Florida and Tampa. Seeing Dallin what he did, seeing Power coming back and doing what he did. Um, Bryson, the play that Bryson made before the Power goal, like that was huge. He made a huge play at the defensive line on the rush. And he made a big play in the offensive zone that could have turned into a goal to J.J. Paterka. Paterka lost the puck. But that's what you need. And that's what you set up now for this week against Florida and, and Tampa on Tuesday and Thursday. Right. But you can tell there's a but that I'm about to. Yeah, there's a perhaps, speak. but. They're not scoring, Marty. And yes, they just won three one-goal games. And the cliche masters will say, those are the type of games you got to win at this time of year. 
nonsense. You need to get back to your identity of scoring four or more. So you actually have a chance to go 19 and five. And I'm sorry, but I don't, even with Lukanen playing the way he is, I don't envision this team winning every game two to one. I just don't. And I don't know what more they can do to have it click in because we're 58 games into the season and they're 24th offensively. That's my concern here. I love everything about how they just rattled off three wins for the first time. I just don't think it's sustainable in today's NHL. You have to be able to score. Well, yes, because despite the fact that I said Lukanen was the best goalie since Christmas at a with a 177 and a 935, when you look at goals against average and save percentage, he's mm-hmm. 11 and six in those 17 games. 11 and six fine. doesn't get you in. Well, right? not now it doesn't. It would have if it was from the start of the year. Yeah, but it doesn't get you in right now. So, like, you need to go, as you said, 19 and 5. So how do you get the Lukanen performance and you turn the 11 and 6 in probably 14 and 3? And then you hope that you go 5 and, you know, 2 after that. Like, that's what you need to do. And it comes from – and it's not scoring six goals a game. It's not even scoring – one more goal per game. I think it's scoring one more goal per two games. Every other game, get one more goal. That's all you need. And I think that the support has been there. The middle stat uh, Greenway Cousins line has had some really good looks and they keep working and they tried up a little bit, but they, they, they're there. Well, Casey, I don't Casey's expect them- numbers have, have really now, I mean, it's fitting, I yeah. suppose, and helpful to him that he scored the shootout deciding goal, right? Sometimes but he has it opens one up the goal floodgates. in the last 14 and one assist in the last nine, right? Like these are not numbers you would expect from your team leading scorer. And there's only three teams right now that have a lower scoring leader points yeah. wise, right? Like middle stats at 44. There's three teams that have a scoring leader who's lower than that. So Again, it reminds me I, of Miro Shatan being in yes, like, the scoring leader for years with like 65 50, points yeah, in 82 games. That, You're yeah, like, yeah, how yeah. is that possible? Right. right? But right. that's what it different, is. Different era. But yeah, but uh, I don't know. Like it's. Um, are, I, maybe we should phrase it another way. Like, are, should I be concerned about this or not? Uh, well, the offense drying off, I think is a concern where it needs to come from. I don't think you need to be concerned just yet because I think it's getting there. And for mm-hmm. me, it's the Thompson line. Now we know Skinner left practice today. And I think Jeff has been a lot better. Jeff, you know, got the power play goal right front of the net. He got the goal against Montreal. He's been a lot better, maybe feeling better, but unfortunately now he's getting imaging done and they'll know, Maybe later today, tomorrow, what's happening with Jeff Skinner? So he left practice early today. Um, I think the Skinner-Thompson-Tuck line, as as they were supposed to be the lead, the leaders offensively for this team, I think they're starting to take steps the right direction. Now it just needs to be production, right? It doesn't matter if you have 11 shots on goal stage. Like, it needs to be uh, 11 shot attempts. Uh, you know, it needs to be. How come you never listen to the, the producer? Huh? How come you never listen to the producer? Why? Breaking news, man. Read the chat. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> what is it? Oh, my gosh. Okay. The Sabres are officially going to have a new state-of-the-art video board, a new roof to the arena next season. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't see the, the chat. I was in my mind about talking about the offense. Well, that's good. Yes. 
this is more enhanced than the offense right now. I can promise you that. Well, hopefully they show ton of uh, replays of Sabres goals on that yes, new video yes. board next year. Yes. I feel like you're operating on a delay from me today. So I guess that's my fault. Well, you know. no, I, I was just, uh, I, I, not only do I not have the games remaining, uh, my, my timing, because my computer, as I told you, is always three minutes ahead. Like right now it says 1222 on my computer screen. It's really 1219. Like I'm, I'm always delayed in my head. Do you want to break then? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I don't want to break. Okay. I wanted to like, okay. So, um, new video board and new roof to the arena. So, uh, you know, um, some exciting news for the fans to say, Hey, I, and listen, I, I watched like the big Chris Chelios, uh, you know, ceremony yesterday. And when they're underneath that massive jumbotron, right. in Chicago, it, it has an impact. And we've been in a few other ranks this year and, and last year that have, these enhanced video board and the clarity and the replays and the information that they put out there and the game presentation stuff that's being put out there. Uh, so I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be really, really cool to see. Interim COO Rob Minter joins us at the bottom of the hour as we will uh, discuss the renovations for what's upcoming here for the Sabres and their arena next year. The way you phrased it there, Marty, you, you're making it sound like I should be doing research on, team's winning percentage based on current size of scoreboard i'm not going to go there well tampa is the biggest uh it's like the yes. dallas cowboys won but well, uh so that doesn't you work you know it? what they're gonna do and i just saw on our screen here on msg is that the first time i saw that i believe was in la right the old staple center crypto.com arena now is that you know when you're sitting along the ice or if you're on the bench you know, you want to look up at a replay, but it's hard to see the scoreboard because oh, they're yeah. getting yeah. bigger and bigger that you can't really see what's happening on the score. They're going to have monitors underneath, big right. like mini jumbotron underneath for people in the lower bowl and the players, the coaches, everybody on the ice to be able to see those replays from uh, the lower end. So that that's really cool. I thought when it happened in LA, that was cool. MSG did the same thing and pretty much every new building now or new uh, scoreboards have that and the Sabres will have that as well. Well, the irony when you mention LA is that they actually don't have an up to uh you know, highest level standard video board in its entirety at the moment. I Anymore, that, yeah. Yeah, well, it's a little outdated, but uh, they do have the underneath panels, which you like so much. So Kind of a long uh, way from the uh, Ottawa Senators back at the old Corel Center when there was like nine TVs, right? And you, you had a break in between the screens because it was like so like low def standard definition, even low definition. You couldn't see anything on those things. So kind of a long way from that a long way from the old scoreboard at the odd <laughs> which i still love i still I know, love by the gorgeous. way oh you know but, like the five uh, slots for penalties and if there was more than that well you just didn't appear on the scoreboard you yes. know that was that was really really cool okay so what have we accomplished well we have great news as it pertains to the arena but as far as on ice um what else is there from uh a takeaway standpoint, um, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I like the chances that Thompson is getting. I'm just concerned that the overall numbers aren't, you know, correcting themselves. And I don't want to see this team in a position where they're on the wrong side of one goal games, you know, despite outplaying their opponents. And, and that obviously had been a, a bit of a trend, right? Until yeah. they won three straight one goal games this past week. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, Maybe I just need to put on my 90s uh, goathead cap and believe that they can win every game two to one. 
Um, and maybe that's what they're thinking they're they're about to be. I, I don't know. I just the problem with that is that they they well, I'm not saying they sold us, but the 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 the, the bones, the structure of this team was our identity last year, right? We're gonna mm-hmm. score, we're gonna be creating, we're gonna attack, we're gonna be on our toes, we're gonna score. This year it hasn't been like that. And I think right. look, injuries throughout the season has kind of had them change their identity. So maybe for the last 24 games, the identity is going to win 2-1-3-2 because that's how we've been successful. Now we just have to hope we win 19 of the last 24 that way and not just go, you know, 13 and and, and 11 or 14 and 10. Like that's not going to make it. That's not going to be enough. Right. Do you think that they're, well, the Skinner potential injury, I mean, he's gone for imaging today. Um, do you think they'll just remain patient with these lines? I would yes. assume so based on the winning percentage, right? Yeah. And listen, the, the the guy that we'll see what happens with Jeff Skinner, but the guy that's been out of the lineup, uh, you know, first because of sickness and then because Don Granado is not changing the lineup the way that it's going right now is Victor Olsen. Could you right. see Victor Olsen filling in for Ryan, for Jeff Skinner, right? And say, hey, mm-hmm. let's just, let's not change anything else. Let's put Olsen in the Skinner place if Skinner can't go with Thompson and Tuck and see what happened. Yeah. It could be a possibility. Maybe that 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 is the, the only option that Don Granado has. Um, maybe it's a call up, right? Maybe that's somebody coming in to play that spot, but I wouldn't move the players around on any other lines and say, Hey, we're going to move middle stat to the top line. And then cousin slides back to the middle with Greenway. And now you're thinking, okay, who do we put on that line? It changes things too much. I think you're finally building something. Um, I would just move one player into that spot and that's it. Mm-hmm. Quick timeout and uh, excellent news in case you just missed it. Uh, Sabres have announced that they will have uh, extensive, uh, exciting renovations for the 24-25 season, which includes a new state-of-the-art video board and new roof on the arena. So uh, we'll, whether you're dancing on the roof or the ceiling, Marty, uh, <laughs> because that was also one of our twisted phrases last week. Yes. Lionel, Lionel Richie throwback there. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Rob Minter, COO, interim COO of the Sabres, will join us after the break here on Sabres Live. Stay with us. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.